Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Odds are that you know someone who isn't all themselves. And I'm not talking about when your partner gets hangry because they haven't had a Snickers. After all, you aren't you when you're hungry. No, I'm talking about the likelihood that someone you know has a piece of someone else inside them. Also, not what you think. Nina. Um. Uh, in 2021, over 40,000 organ transplants were performed in the U.S., but that number pales in comparison to the number of tissue transplants done. A shockingly high 2.5 million tissue transplants are done a year here in the U.S. for dental implants, bone grafts for spinal fusions, ligament replacements, and not to mention thousands of square feet of skin that help patients recover from burns. Many people who receive these tissue donations sometimes don't even know that they are not all themselves, as the practice is so common that if you haven't read the disclosure papers closely, you could easily miss it. Now, where is all of this donor tissue coming from? Usually, it is sourced from hospitals, but in the early 2000s, a disgraced dental surgeon discovered another untapped market to feed the growing demand for cadaver tissues, the mortuary. Today... We discuss the multi-million dollar undertaking of Michael Mastro Marino, a professional grave robber, not of valuables per se, but of bones and ligaments. And the company that he used to do it, Biomedical Tissue Services, or BTS for short. Oh my, my, my. Oh my, my, my. That's disturbing. Is that a, is that a BTS song? I think so. Why, why do you be so wrong? Why don't you be like Blackpink and all the, <laughs> the K-pop stands? That listen to this episode are going to fucking crucify us. I, de- I, I, I deserve it. I deserve it. You know, I know science and medicine is beautiful, but it grosses me out. Uh, that's going to be a theme of today's episode is is that like, hey, um, the, this kind of thing is important and a lot of people's lives get saved, but it's still icky to think about, you know? And it's going to be icky, so I'm sorry. If, if you're someone who's like, I can't deal with medical things at all. Me. Yeah, well, you can't leave the episode, Nina. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm already but, nauseous. But people at home, I mean, if you I was you thinking about off, someone you, you else's ahead. teeth in my mouth, and I oh, didn't no. well, like I mean, it. They don't, it's not teeth. They grind up the bone, and then they put it in like, they put it in the holes around the implants to help bone grow back around it. I'm sorry. That's what not the smacking of the lips. I'm sorry. That's what happens. I mean, so um, they also do that. Like I mentioned it for spinal fusions. They do the same thing. Um, If you break a bone really bad, they'll do it. And then they'll put it in between like when they reset it so that it helps new bone grow. Hey, have you heard about those people that had to get skin grafts when they were kids and they took it from their pubic area? And then when they became adults and this is hair grew. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is true. That does happen. That's so fucking weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because you take it and put it somewhere else doesn't mean it stops being that. Cubes. The weirdest thing. Imagine that, if it was on the bottom of your hand. I mean, hopefully you wouldn't need a skin graft on your hands, but. Ah! 
Honestly, it'd be you get to carry around like a nice little carpet everywhere you go. It's nice. I don't want pubes on my hand. I mean, hey, you know what? Pubes disperse sexual oils and scents, so you could just like turn someone on by just like rubbing your hand on their face. Yeah. That's some pheromone-ass shit, man. I tried to use a pheromone perfume to get better tips when I was when I served. Yeah, that won't work. It didn't. They probably just sold you like a bottle of like like bat piss, and they're like, "Yeah, sure." You say bat piss, I no! say perfume. The worst callback that I've ever heard in my life. For any of you that are still here that get that reference, I apologize. You've listened to so much of us, um, but welcome back, uh, especially those diehards, to another season uh, of White yeah! Collars, Red Hands. This is season number 10. This is episode uh, number 100. We said we were going to call this episode number 100. So uh, so welcome back, everybody. Uh, and thank you for, a pleasure. for being with us for 100 of these. Mm-hmm. It's wild to think that there's that many hours of us out on the internet. That, yeah. that, I mean, I'm hoping that it won't come back to be used against me in the future, but I just, like, I know it will. Oh, it'll definitely be I know used it will. against me. It's, yeah, I'm about to say, you for sure, you're going to lose, like, a couple of jobs because of this podcast. But, hey, we do it because we we love you guys and we want to uh, get I've said get these stories out. Whack. I have said yeah. some whack-ass shit on this podcast. Yep. So, And then I don't remember. Oh, my God. Mike? Master Marino is the story also, of the day. This is such yeah, a we long gotta, last day. Master Marino. Yeah, I, you know. We'll, Master Marino. We'll see. And I really d- didn't want to just call him like Michael because that's hard to say. So I, I hope he, wish he became a maestro, you know, so he could be maestro Master Marino. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Too bad he just stole people's bones. Oh, no. He missed such a good comedic opportunity. Um, so, so Mike Master Marino, who who later became known as Dr. Mike, of course, had to earn that doctorate somewhere. And he started at the University of Pittsburgh, where he also played defensive back for the Panthers football team while gaining an education. Are the Panthers their mascot? Yeah. That, mascot the, Master the uni- Marino? The University of Pittsburgh Panthers. Mascot Master Marino. Yeah, well, he wasn't the mascot. He was a defensive back, like I no, said. No, I'm just saying... Although, Could you, you imagine fitting that whole thing on a jersey? I'm, I've seen longer names in football. Um, <laughs> although, it should be noted that he was actually not that good. His freshman year, he, he ranked dead last on their defense. He had one tackle and played in two games. <laughs> so it wasn't good. He was he was 6'2", 195. Not going to lie, when he was young, he was pretty good looking. He gets really, really bald later and looks like a supervillain, though, which did not, did not play. <laughs> you know who benefit. just went bald? John Travolta. And just? What are you talking about? He's been bald for years. Oh, I just saw. He's been bald for like 10 years, Nina. Okay, well, I didn't know. And I saw a picture of him the other day, and I was like, maybe, maybe I still like bald guys. Ew. He's so gross looking. Maybe now. I'm horny. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you're is right. It, this is guy is not. Oh, he was hot when he was younger. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, obviously, he played D1 football, so he's also like. But yeah, he gets really he gets really super villainish later. He looks like Lex like he could play Lex Luthor for sure. Yeah, he's a little terrifying. So, uh, but because he wasn't necessarily a star athlete, he switched uh, to focus more on his studies and would go on to earn degrees in dentistry and dental surgery from NYU in the nineties. 
He then went on to start a couple of strong dental surgery practices in downtown Manhattan. He had a practice in downtown Manhattan and New Jersey, where he's from. And he even co-authored a book on dental implants, which, oh, I'm sure is such an exciting read. Not. I did not open even a single page. Dr. Mike was known for tackling uh, other surgeries that only uh, twice though. Yeah, only only one tackle, one tackle, two games. He had a game where he didn't even get a tackle. All right, damn. Uh, Doctor, he was known for tackling the surgeries that other dentists were just too afraid to do, or so he states as the reason why he received quite a few malpractice. Oh my god! In the late nineties. No one else would do it. I did it. That's why they sued me with malpractice. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the fact that I paralyzed their face. Yeah, but the real reason he was goofing up so badly was something much less daring and heroic. Drugs. Uh, It turns out Dr. Mike liked painkillers a little bit too much and was accused of multiple drug-related workplace mishaps, such as coming out of the bathroom with his scrubs still around his ankles and proceeding to fall over. Uh, leaving a patient that was under general anesthesia during an oral surgery and then being found unresponsive in a bathroom with a hypodermic needle still in his arm. Oh, my God. blood everywhere. And although uncertain if he was under the influence at the time, he also severed a nerve during surgery and did leave a patient's face partially paralyzed. Oh, shit. I foreshadowed. Yeah, I I, I almost thought you read an outline for once. No, I absolutely did not. Um... (laughs) How did he just not lose his medical license? Well, in 2000, Master Marino was arrested for being under the influence of drugs and the possession of a hypodermic needle and the painkiller Demerol. Oh, that shit's fire. What? I'm kidding. You ride in the, you ride in the D train, bro? Which is I'm assuming which is I'm assuming what they call Demerol on on the 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 streets. I'm riding multiple I'm all, I'm riding multiple D trains, Kishan. I hope one of them isn't Demerol actually. So um, he also later, after the arrest, tested positive uh, for other painkillers and cocaine, which caused him to voluntarily uh, give up his dental license for six months in order to enter rehab. So how do these people live? You know what I mean? They live fucking, I mean, really happy for a little bit until something. How is your heart not giving out? Because you're taking the painkiller as a downer, then you're using the cocaine as an upper. He was probably in his, like, early 30s. You can, you can be crazy like that for a little bit before it starts. I mean, like, later. Yeah, I'll fuck you up later. I'm a little bitch. I wouldn't be able to handle all that. Yeah, I about to say, you have, like, a hit of weed. You probably get paranoid. You seem, that, you seem like that kind. Oh, I absolutely do. I yeah. Oh, God. fucking knew it. My anxiety already is so high. Yeah. Um, Paranoia, baby. So... Dr. Mike did complete rehab, uh, but was later found to be practicing without a license in those six months. And a second offense gets you a four-year ban from being able. Oh no! From being able to practice, so he was handed down a four-year ban from the dentist chair, uh, which meant he needed to find another career. Grave robbing. Well, little did he know this one would be even more fruitful and even more steeped in controversy. Than his dental days, um, because uh, because Master Marino had spent years as an oral surgeon, he knew that the market for cadaver tissue had a low supply from his talks with the reps that sold him the cadaver bone used in implant procedures. So, quick question: Yeah, 
The way they get this is this when people donate their bodies to science and there's just like a lack of people donating their bodies to science and that's why they have a lack of this tissue. Yes. Also because, I mean, we'll find out a little bit later um, that the only place, like I said in the intro, actually the only place they were harvesting this was at hospitals and not everyone dies at a hospital or gets to a hospital when they're dead. A lot of people go home and die in hospice at home um, unless they're really sick and also there are, you know, there are rules of who can be harvested. Yeah. So it's all these things add up together to make it so that the supplies really low, sense. but the demand's really high. Right. Well, that, I, if I were to die, I, and I was able to donate my body to science. I would want them to do so. To, to what? Take my body Steal and use your stuff. it for science. Hey, here's the thing. I'm also 100% on there. I'm like, I'm not using it, man. Take take whatever you need. Like I don't care. Yeah, whatever they don't need, they can burn up and then I'll decide where I want you to scatter my ashes. Yeah. So I don't know where that would be though. I'll think about it. Oh man, you're getting burned? Me too. Well, uh, what's the point? Yeah, I don't want anyone uh, take take my shit and then just like yeah. Here lies Nina Kern, loved daughter, aunt and friend. Basically, I want to take up the least room possible. By the time we die, there's going to be way too many dead people in the ground. There's already too many dead people, TBH. Um, there is way too many dead people. So that's why when it floods in like old places, like bodies rise up. <sighs> um, so he knew that, uh, that, that there was a big deficit in the market for this. And also using these connections, he had an easy way to get into the market to sell rather than buy. He already knew all the companies. Um, Master Marino also realized that many tissue banks were harvesting, like I said, directly from hospitals, uh, but that there was a largely untapped market in the mortuaries in his area that saw many more corpses parade through the door uh, that never saw a chance uh, for their parts to be taken from them in a Frankensteinic way. Um so, yeah, I was like, like I said, a lot of people, when they die, they get handed directly off to a mortician and then they get embalmed or uh, cremated. And because there's no reason to suspect that they like died a foul play. So, no, there's no doctors or anything. Well, involved. and especially like with old people, like my but, grandfather, like, yeah, which, which he, is the thing. He had mesothelioma. We knew he was on his way out. Like, which I mean, that would keep him from being able to donate. But probably. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he was also 80 years old. You can't. I don't know how much you're going to harvest from him. Yeah. You also you can't donate if you died from cancer. So, um, of course, believe it or not, there is nothing illegal about this practice. Some like like some people would think that harvesting from a mortuary is illegal. It's not even without the patient's permission. Well, you do need you do need consent. Um, yeah, but even we are consent queens. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, even Master Marino's lawyer later in his in his case thought that upon hearing this story for the first time, that what he had been doing had to be against the law in some way. Just like you can't take body parts from people not in a hospital, um, and like because th there was this whole story that his lawyer told where they sat down for the first time, and he was like, okay. Like, like, what are they? Because he didn't even know what they were talking about. He was like, what are you doing? And he told him that he was like, oh, you know, we get bodies at mortuaries and we, we harvest like bones and stuff. And then we sell them. And he's like, well, that's why they, that's why they're going after you. That sounds illegal. It's not. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, there is no law stating that the tissues have to be harvested uh, at a hospital. There are a litany of other regulations, of course, as we'll go through in a little bit. Uh, but the idea uh, to harvest tissues uh, from the recently deceased mortuaries is not in itself against the law, although it is kind of creepy. I was talking to a mortician not that long ago. I know somebody who's becoming a mortician. Damn. It's a friend of a friend. And she was like, oh, yeah, work's been kind of crazy. It's our busy season. M more people die around the holidays. Than I was like, ah! 
time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you so people don't like to think about it. Right. But it's cold and like people get sick more in the cold. And- well, yeah, that's all thing. But like what morticians do, that's why like I never want to be embalmed because literally they like. Yeah, okay, so this is gross. I'm just going to let everyone know that what I'm about to say is going to be gross. Um, they got to like drain all your blood out and then they like stick like like stuff in you that fills you with the embalming fluid and they put like dyes in you to make mm-hmm. you seem alive and they got to like wire a jo- they got to wire dead people's jaw shuts which like literally involves like like hitting something with a hammer I'm just not into it. No, I couldn't do that job. That's why they get paid so much money. Put me in an oven. But even that the uh when a cremate the cremation process takes like multiple hours. It takes forever and they got to go in and like like move you around to make sure all your bones go to ash. It's gets wild. Um, so thank you. Honestly, do they actually throw a bunch of people in at once? No, they're not supposed to because there's that is something my father made up. You're supposed to only beginning. I mean, they've done that in certain places at times, like, like maybe, the Holocaust. Yeah, it was like maybe, which literally means burning offering. That's what the Holocaust means. So, um. But no, no, they're they're not supposed to. They probably do because maybe they have like too many people. Like honestly, they're like imagining you at a job when you cut corners. Uh, people do that in every job, which is scary to think about. But even there, so maybe they're just like, oh man, we got too many. Let's see if we can fit two of the small ones in at the same time. That is a good way to get your life haunted. Man, throw me in with anyone. I don't care. It's fine. You want? You wouldn't care if you were burned up with me. No. Wouldn't that like lock our souls for eternity or something? I don't have a soul. That's fake. Oh, um, right. So also, uh, like I like I was mentioning earlier, I've always been a firm believer that whatever happens to my body after I'm dead is not really an issue uh, because I'm not around. So weekend at Bernie's me, uh, like put the glasses on me, take me out, have an, have an event, uh, dress me up as a pig, harvest my organs. I don't fucking care. Although, of course, not everyone feels this way. And I'm on their side that they should have the right to choose what happens to their meat suits after death. Um, but I would try to convince everyone to at least be an organ donor, though, because you might save a life. And honestly, you're not using it. So Because these eyes could be your eyes. Oh, my God. So the way I see it, I mean, it's like it is mildly selfish if you're not an organ donor. But if you have strong religious beliefs that keep you from doing it, then, I, you know, obviously I'm not going to force you to do it. But I would I would ask you. I think I think it's the nice thing to do. Do you um, think they like transplant people's boobs? No, absolutely not. Maybe the fat, maybe like the adipose tissue from them, but that's it. Um, So off my soapbox, uh, although harvesting the tissue from mortuaries isn't illegal, it is illegal, believe it or not, to sell organs or tissue in the United States. Oh, well, yeah, it should be. But like at any level. So that that seems counterintuitive in a way, right? So... That's why everyone's a donor. It's always donated because they can't be bought or sold. Um, So how did Dr. Mike make money taking the tendon, skin, and bone from these cadavers? Well, it's because tissue distributors pay them multiple fees related to the procurement process. You know, had to take it out, so that's a recovery fee. Uh, Had to move the body, so that's a transport fee. Had to tabulate the fees, that's a fee fee, you know? So... That's the loophole that they get through and how these companies make so much money harvesting these tissues when it's supposed to be donated, but they, they pay. And the, it it's kind of really transparent because they pay you a different fee per like for different stuff. So I'm like, okay, you're just I pay- just don't you're think- just paying for it at this time, but they have to like write it down as something else. I just don't think I like what I'm learning today. Yeah. So yeah, sorry for the nightmares that you're gonna get from this. This is a this is a really God, I already had a couple this week. 
it's a normal week for you, Nina. I know. Your life's scary, especially at night. <laughs> uh, these fees added up to tens of thousands of dollars uh, per cadaver that they could get a hold of. Um, most of what they they um, donated from this got them around ten to fifteen thousand dollars, maybe up to twenty thousand per cadaver. Is that the, doesn't seem like that much. That's pretty good, especially in the nineties. Oh, nineties. Especially, okay. especially if you're pushing like a lot of cadavers. Let me just say, I can make a lot more than $10,000 off of this. What, like cumulative over a year, maybe? Um, <laughs> so, so, and they did get a hold of a lot of cadavers. After Dr. Mike started Biomedical Tissue Services based out of New Jersey as the, um, the uh, company Umbrella, in 2002, he set up shop and mortuaries across New Jersey and eventually expanded the company to both Pennsylvania and New York and actually had plans on setting up a few operations in Canada as well before he got caught. Um, using the help of an embomber, an embomber Joseph uh, Nicelli, I believe, uh, they had asked morticians to notify them when new cadavers came through and offered a finder's fee of $1,000 per corpse to the morticians. So some mortuaries made hundreds of thousands of dollars by the end of the operation. There was Didn't one, they know this is wrong, though? Technically, it's not illegal. <sighs> but we haven't gotten into what's illegal yet. What? This, would, this is all above board right now. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. And then a team of quote unquote cutters, which is what no. they call them. Yeah, no. I know. No. I know it's gross. I know it's gross. No. It's not my term. It's their term. A, ter a team of cutters would then arrive to extract the parts directed uh, by a former nurse with tissue harvesting expertise by the name of Lee uh, Cruchetta, who had previous experience at a tissue bank. So he's done this before. So, you know, you think also like still above board. Uh, Business was booming, and Dr. Mike made enough money to move his family into a $1.5 million house just miles away from the BTS headquarters. And often, he bragged he made so much money that he would not have to work in the future. And although his wife and friends found his new business creepy, he was a smooth talker and convinced uh, them of his business's legitimacy. And all of this was kosher as long as the deceased's next of kin had given, as you said, the proper consent to the retrieval and the cadavers were adequately screened to be determined that they are healthy and disease-free as the FDA does not allow for tissue donation to be from people with communicable diseases such as hepatitis or syphilis and also disallows tissue donation from patients who pass due to cancer. Um, and there is no way, obviously, that they're breaking all these common sense rules. Right. Wait, I have a question. What's up? So the patients or the dead people's families were like, "Yeah, that's okay." They have to be give consent. Yeah. So there's. But do they get any of the money? No. Well, that's fucked up. No. They get they get the satisfaction that their dead relatives saved somebody's lives, and then the guy who cut it out gets twelve thousand dollars. That's I don't like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. The model's fucked up like everything in the, the medical world in America is, so. Sorry. By now, you should know uh, that the question, did they break all the rules, is a rhetorical one. Um, because they did. It is around 2004 that two things happen 
um, that shined a light on what was really going on with BTS. And the discovery was twofold. Uh, Firstly, a woman who had recently bought a funeral home in New Jersey was inspecting her new property uh, when she stumbled upon a room upstairs that looked more like a surgical room than an embalming room and found FedEx labels uh, that were for packages to be sent from BTS to a tissue distributor named Regeneration Technologies in Florida. And she quickly surmised that someone was doing something shady in this room. Um, she thought that at least they were like stealing money, something. So she contacted the police that then sent her to the rackets division of the New York police. Um, when the detectives investigated, they realized that there were a lot of complaints of activity going on around the back door of the funeral home. People entering and leaving much more often than you would expect at a mortuary from like the back alley. It was like super sus. Um, And at the time, an independent auditor also working in Colorado was looking over the paperwork for multiple tissue depositories to verify donor information just like as a check uh, when he came upon the paperwork for a tissue sample that was donated from BTS where the patient had chronic bronchitis listed on their sheet. So they give them this whole questionnaire about their health that you're supposed to ask the family like 40 questions about the person's health, about if they consent, about their entire background, and then you send it off and then they decide if they want the tissue or not. So he's going through these and he saw that a chronic bronchitis was listed on there. And he decided to give the doctor that was listed on the form a call uh, to make sure that the chronic bronchitis wasn't indicative of a chronic infection that could spread to the bone. But when he called, another company picked up the phone, which the auditor said was too far away from the medical profession to not be suspicious. So I'm assuming he just like, he was like, hello, Pornhub Global Services. He was like, oh, this is way too far from the medical industry. This can't be real. I don't know who it was. He never said. Um, Do you think that, like, serial killers or people who like to fuck dead people bought these tissues? Absolutely not, Nina. I would hope not. No, they sold them directly to tissue distributors. Okay, I'm just never sure. It's 100% illegal to just, like, sell it to random people. They're like, there's some guys like, hey, man, can I I buy, like, five feet of skin, please? Yeah, Buffalo Bill was one of their regulars. I no. never know. They sold them directly to companies. Okay, so no. I just wanted to make sure because this could be a real, like, gross thing. It's already a really gross thing. But it doesn't need to be thing. any worse. But uh, this this auditor then found 10 more tissue samples that were from BTS. And when not one of the doctors listed on the sheets picked up for all 10 of them, uh, the auditor forwarded the information to the authorities, which eventually also ended up at the New Jersey Racket Investigation Division. Um, when looking over the paperwork that was sent in, at first, everything looked to be filled out correctly. It had the names of the deceased family, and they were the correct names, and they had even found uh, that BTS had a long script uh, that was supposed to be read to the families to fill out the questionnaire about medical history. So it looked like they had everything in place to, to be able to get the correct consent from families uh but soon they noticed many more inconsistencies uh signatures that were supposed to be from the same person giving consent to tissue donation were vastly different among forms as if they were signed by different people so they decided to dig deeper into the situation and they called the families listed on the forms they called the families for over a thousand cadavers that were harvested from how many do you think said they consented not very many one. Oh, wow. It was 1,077 families they called. 
one said that they consented to the tissue retrieval. And the other ones just members. didn't? The other ones had absolutely no idea that they ever took parts oh my from, their, from their loved ones. That, oh, could you imagine getting that phone call? That would be horrifying. I heard testimonies from multiple people that were like, like there were literally people that were like, they didn't even allow like an autopsy or anything to happen because they their their loved ones had specifically said like, I don't want anyone to touch me after I'm dead. That's really upsetting. And they harvested like a bunch of stuff from them. Like honestly, most of the time they take all the bones from the waist down. So they were just taking these and then like dressing them up like they were normal yeah, to we'll, be put in the casket. We'll find out something about that in a sec. Oh, uh, so it turns out that almost all of the consent forms were forgeries. And on top of that, they also lied about the medical history of the bodies no! that they dissected. Yes. They falsified death certificates to make the the age of death lower than it actually was. So to make these bodies seem younger and they erased any history of past disease. At this point, I don't think they were talking to the families at all, so they wouldn't even know how they died. So you could really fuck someone up by putting the, the like diseased tissue into them. Well, uh, in one case, uh, an older gentleman who died at 95 from metastatic lung cancer, who actually turned out to be the host of a PBS show called Masterpiece Theater, named and his name was Alistair Cook. That's the one you'll see if you research this. Everyone talks about it because they they stole this like kind of famous guy's bones. Um, and on their death certificate, they had changed to show that he died actually at 85, so 10 years younger, and of a heart attack, not metastatic cancer. Um, meaning that someone could have received potentially cancerous bone donations as his particular type of cancer had spread to his bones before death. Um, another victim had his remains exhumed after the investigators like contacted the person. They were like, we think that they took things from your father without oh, uh -oh. permission. Can we exhume his body and, and check? So they exhumed it and they found to have had his leg bones taken out and they were replaced with PVC piping in an attempt to trick the family members. Something that BTS also did with Cook. They're like, that was the worst part about doing the research for this. There's so many, they took x-rays of them and it's literally like all of their like leg bones are replaced with PVC pipes. So they took out their bones, put in PVC pipes and sewed them back up. That's disgusting. Yeah. And all- You are all gonna be haunted. And all obviously without permission, which is- much worse. I think that is standard practice when someone says you can take like the bones um, for tissue donation or whatever if they're also being embalmed. But like, just imagine like digging up a loved one and they they have like pieces of plastic in them. I, yeah, it it wouldn't be. That would be really traumatic. It wouldn't be fun. So of course, it is hard to prove that any recipients of tissue from BTS were caused diseases or cancer because of the tissues. Um, the tissue distributors disinfect the tissue with both antiviral and antibacterial methods, which supposedly it makes them safe for implantation no matter where they came from. So they do it like a deep cleanse on the tissues before they're given for implantation that's supposed to get rid of any infections, even if they were present. Um, but there were many anecdotal pieces of evidence to come contrary to that after this whole thing came out. Um, including a patient that suffered a really bad septic shock after a transplant um, and was left paralyzed because of it. Um, 
technically a piece of gauze was also left in her suture, so it could have been from that. But but you never really but you don't know now. That's the problem is right. that how many people received this and now you don't know if that's what it was or it was something else. You can never know. Um, but there were also patients who developed syphilis, HIV, and hepatitis after surgeries involving BTS tissues. Most of whom are like they're like in monogamous like marriages that they're and uh, most all of those actually only come from bodily fluid exchange. Yeah. So unless they're cheating or their partner's cheating, that's the only other way they could have gotten it. Um, so it, it, you can't... That is a lawsuit waiting to happen. A lot of lawsuits did come out. Unfortunately, it's really hard to prove that it was right. from the tissue. So I don't think a lot... Like a lot of them, the really bad ones were settled outside of court um, because I don't know necessarily that you'd win, which sucks because you probably should. Um, but it's really... It's hard to prove that that's exactly what happened. There's always inherent risk of developing these things from anywhere during a surgery. So it'd be hard to say it was exactly from... Because they also technically like... Uh, regeneration Technologies, which is most of where their um, tissues were funneled through, were doing testing on these as well. They should be doing testing in the lab and then disinfecting them yeah. and, then, and then not using anything that turned back positive tests for any of this. But the thing is, is like we have multiple steps where you have those protections in place so it lessens the chance of it happening overall. Right. So you can't just have that one step. That's why we also have the... The step of looking over the death certificates previous to taking tissues in the first place. So, it is what it is. Um, also, Dr. Mike's lawyer later said in a documentary entitled The Body Snatchers of New York, which is a pretty good documentary, I recommend it, uh, that the way these companies screened uh, incoming tissues was by testing a blood sample sent in prior to the recovering... to. Uh, Oh, that was sent in prior by the recovering company. So BTS would send in blood samples, and then they would test the blood samples and say, if something came back, they'd say, okay, we don't want the tissue from that body. So at the same time they took the tissues, they were supposed to take blood and then send the blood first. And then they would said, okay, blood's clean, send us the tissues. Well, the only problem is BTS just held vials of what they knew was clean blood. Oh, my God. Because they, they ended up, they did DNA testing yeah. between the blood samples that were sent in first and the tissues that were sent in afterwards, they didn't match. So they were just sending in clean blood first so that they could pass they could pass the, the tests, and then they'd send the tissues. That is horrible. Yeah. So th this honestly just shows that this was all premeditated. You oh, know, absolutely. Mike Master Marino knew exactly what he was doing. They made multiple steps to, cover their, to Mike, cover their tracks. Mike Master Motherfucker. Good one. That's another one. Yeah. My, he, think if he became a maestro then. Maestro, Mike, Mastro, motherfucker, huh? Yeah. Huh? Well, look at all those M's. Also, the, the companies that they were sending them to um, also are not without blame. Um, four publicly traded companies, publicly traded biotech companies, uh, received tissues from BTS. And none of them cared that something fishy was probably going on. Because they, they did know what was going on. They all tried to feign ignorance afterwards like they do but most tissue retrieval services were sending in samples from maybe one to three bodies a month whereas bts was sending samples from 10 to 30 cadavers what? a month and they were a small organization they weren't even registered nor did they ever apply to be registered with like the like the uh national tissue bank like association or whatever uh, they they never did that. And well, so there's a reason why. Yeah, so they're a small operation sending in like 
10 times the amount that bigger tissue retrieval companies are, are sending in. But they didn't care. No red flag. Yeah. It's impossible that they didn't notice. Um, what is more likely is that it was good for business if they just kept looking the other way. You know? So when the media got a hold of this, obviously it blew up. Um, I don't remember it happening because I was 11 and you were 13. So you yeah, probably, I don't remember. probably weren't watching the news too much and caring about body snatchers on the news. Um, but someone who was alive at the time and older than us uh, might still remember when the newspapers all across the country were plastered with the words body snatcher, grave robber, and ghoul. I, I, I thought ghoul was a ghost. Turns out it's also someone who just like takes stuff from dead bodies or, yeah. or a like creature that feeds on dead bodies. Oh, so I didn't where, know that actually. I thought ghoul it was a ghost. From. That's what I thought too. So th- when they kept calling them ghouls, I was like, that's stupid. And then they showed the definition and I was like, oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> no, oh no, it's me. It's like, oh, okay. Fine. I'm the dumb one. All right, fine. It's me. Um, so in 2006, uh, Master Marino, along with three others, including the former nurse, Lee Crucetta and the embalmer, Nicelli, uh, turned themselves in on multiple charges, I think there was 56 different charges, and although they denied the charges for a long time, uh, pleading their case that they were merely misunderstood. Oh, yeah, you just thought I got, uh, you just thought I did all that. I didn't, I didn't cut up the body and put PVC pipe in it. I didn't do that. Well, they said they did that, but that um, basically they relied on saying that they weren't the ones that were supposed to retrieve consent, which technically is true. The mortuaries are the ones that are supposed to interview the families and retrieve consent before they pass off the body to BTS. Convenient. But they did all that other stuff that was purposely falsifying death certificates, falsifying the the paperwork. Lee Crucetta did admit to signing... To, to forging signatures on the paperwork. Of course, he said he was like, it was just at the, I, it's what I was told to do. So yeah. You still knew I was wrong. Yeah, you cannot do it though, which is so it's a t- I knew not to forge my mom's signature on a field trip. You know not to forge dead people's family signatures. Yeah. Don't even with me. It's a terrible defense. And Micromaster Marino would like constantly, constantly still do interviews with people even after um, he was in prison. Because and like, well, I forget who I think it was BBC said that they were they did a special and they did an interview with him and he like put on the mic and even before they got the cameras rolling he was talking about he's like he's like I've been painted wrong like he's fucking goes off on this he's like if you watch the interviews he's like really confident about like I'm just I'm misunderstood like they got it all wrong like yes shut we the did. fuck they were up, like Mike. we did some bad stuff but like it's not that bad yeah, it's whatever you um, shut up you ghoul but like, yeah ghoul. I'm sure someone's called him that straight to his face before. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, right before the trial was set to happen, because they were all, they all pled not guilty for a little bit, literally, like, days before the trial started, though, they entered a plea deal. It was after that DNA evidence came out, and they were like, even even his uh, even his lawyer in that uh, documentary, he was like, he was like, I knew. I asked him about it, and he told me it wasn't a big deal, and that it, it was nothing. They, like, they weren't doing anything, and he was like, I knew he was lying. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Um, but after that, they put in a plea deal. And in 2008, um, Master Marino was sentenced to 18 to 54 years in prison for masterminding uh, the plot to steal the body parts on counts of desecrating a corpse and grave robbing, amongst many others. Uh, Lee Cruchetta was 
also sentenced to eight years for his part in the scheme. Although I kind of like him a little bit more because he like sat down afterwards with family members that of the victims and he was like, I'll answer any questions you have. And he like apologized to all of them individually. He seems like an okay person. Mike Master, like, like I, I could see the argument that he just kind of got caught up and that he wasn't like a big player, you know? I like, guess. Um, it's still wrong, yes. He should have told someone, yes. Yeah. Um, but he at least made steps to to make up for it afterwards. Mike Master Marino is just a dick, and you can tell. Yeah. You can tell whenever you hear him talk. Funny, though, Michael's wife actually would go on a huge smear campaign against him after he got arrested. She stopped fucking talking to him immediately after he pled I guilty. I would, too! Um, she wrote a book about it called, like, The Body Snatcher's Wife or something. Like, crazy. She, she cashed in on it, honestly. Honestly, she, she should. Get it. Um, and she appeared on multiple TV shows uh, detailing their relationship um, and the warning signs about Mike early on. Uh, she appeared on Oprah, by the way. She had a segment on Oprah in, like, 20... 10 2011 something and she even appeared on an episode of that of that show who the who the bleep did i marry i don't never watch that i should watch that no yeah it's about like people who marry someone then they have like some crazy secret um, well this would count as a crazy secret yeah, so probably good i don't know uh mike's son his eldest son also refused to talk to him so this uh did 100 ruin his life so which well it, it, which should. it should um Dr. Mike kept claiming that although they did falsify the documents, his business was merely being misunderstood, like I said, all the way up until his death, ironically, of bone cancer at the age of 49 in 2013, still serving out his sentence. Um, That's karma, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's... 49 is really young to die of bone cancer. Yeah, well, he gave people a bunch of cancerous bones, so he might as well get some himself. I don't know. I don't care what you say. That's the Lord. A cancerous bone. That's nine this Thursday nights. It's charity work. Because <laughs> it spreads around. I was thinking I was fucking cancer patients is what the joke was. Oh, my God. That's why I said I'm part of the Make-A-Wish no, well, Foundation. To be, to be fair, you did say earlier you are into bald men. Hey, I had a thing for them in junior high. And I think maybe it's not. All gone. Oh my god! Junior high, dude. It, That's so young to be into bald guys because they're it old. Was, it, was, it was weird. I had like the biggest thing for Vin Diesel <sighs> in the pacifier. <laughs> the only one you can pull it off is the Rock. I think Vin Diesel looks weird. Not to thirteen-year-old Nina. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, Vin Diesel in the pacifier could get it when I was a kid. All right, bro, calm down. I loved him, and then I was like, honestly, I was like, if they look like Mister Clean. Mr. Clean? Oh my god. I want to I'd want I want to magic erase this conversation from my mind. Thank you very much. It's the only thing I need Mr. Clean for right now. There was this one girl whose dad looked just like Mr. Clean so hot. I'm not gonna say whose it was. That's so great. He's got those big fucking white eyebrows. I'm so I'm done with you right now. Uh this whole story exemplifies the medical system in America. Uh, that usually puts the amount of money in the bank before the lives that it is supposed to be protecting. Michael Master Marino was a drug addict that decided to steal body parts for money under the guise that what he was doing was benefiting the sick and elderly. In some cases, I'm sure that the tissue implanted for biomedical tissue services did indeed help the patients who received it. But 
Some got more than they bargained for. A lifetime of pain, a much shorter lifetime of pain, or just a really awkward conversation with their partners about how they didn't cheat on them to get hep B or syphilis, but they instead got it from the dead body that they have inside of them. And then also a lifetime of pain. Uh, what is even worse is that Master Marino never fully admitted guilt or took responsibility for the effect that his actions had on over 1,000 families. I may want my body buried face down, ass up, so you could use me as a bike docking station, but most, <laughs> but most people want to keep their bones on the inside even when they're dead. So, what a dick. I don't say this often. Glad he's dead. Rest in, rest in fucking pain. See ya, bro. I mean, yeah. And, he deserved it. Could you imagine having that conversation with your partner? Oh, sure. You got it from your transplant. You I, just magically got syphilis from your transplant. I swear I got it from a bone, but like not not what you're not accusing me of. the bone you're thinking. It's from like the the spongy bone. Nope, that doesn't sound right. It's from the... the I got bone. From the rock it's, hard. I mean, it's, it's from... from the, you know what? It's sure I cheated. Yeah, I cheated. <laughs> All right, yeah, it's, it's easier. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you guys uh, for listening, and thank you uh, for coming back for another season, season ten. White collars, red hands. That was episode one hundred on Mike Master Marino and the 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 stealing of of the body parts, uh, known as the body snatcher, the body snatcher all across uh, snatcher, all no across snatching. The world. Oh man, could you imagine the Dora episode on this? Hola, I'm Dora. Do you see the dead body? Where's his femur? Can you point out his femur? No, it's PVC pipe. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, to eres un ghoul, Mike Master Marino. <laughs> Snatcher, no snatching. Okay. Uh <laughs> So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. We uh, hope you enjoyed listening today. Uh, if you did enjoy what you hear, believe it or not, there's ways to support just uh, besides just listening. You can leave us a review. Huh? You can write out a review. If you really, if you got a bunch of words in your heart, you got to get out and put, put them put, put into a keyboard, then you can leave that on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can also leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Or on Spotify. Both of those platforms have ratings. Um, you can also just subscribe, follow, uh, whatever your podcatcher of choice, whatever that option is. Feel free to do that. That helps us out. And that's all for free. Another way to support us for free, recommend us to a friend. Someone uh, wants a podcast. They're going on a long trip. They're going on an airplane or waiting in the airport for six hours because Southwest uh, canceled half their flights this week. Then they have time so they could listen to uh, this episode of Mike Master And Radio many more. And, and, and 99 others. So they could do that. Um, also for free. You want to support? What's that? You want to spend money on us? Uh, all right. That's fine. You can do that too. You can go to tpublic.com and you can buy merch. We give you something in return. We're not just taking your money. That's what these people do. Uh, we at least give you a service. Uh, you can buy a hoodie, a sweatshirt, a mug, uh, a bunch of things on their mouse pads and uh, each uh, a part of the proceeds go to us. So that'd be great. You can find that. Uh, the link is in the show description or you can go to our website, whitecollarsredhands.com. Click on the tab that says check out our merch. 
and uh, go from there. You can also just follow our socials. That's facebook.com slash white collars, red hands, Instagram at white collars, underscore red hands, Twitter at white collars pod, TikTok, white collars, red hands. Uh, follow all those, uh, spread the message, spread our clips, and get us out there. It would be a super We'd appreciate appreciated. Uh, man. Is that it? I think that's it. That's it. We do this every every single week. It's that it's that uh, awkward uh, one and a half second pause. Is that it? I mean, we could probably just replay old episodes parts at this point. So whatever. Thank you for listening. Uh, happy 100 episode Nina and yeah! everyone at home. And we'll see you next episode. Episode 101 of White Collars, Red, Red Hands. Hands.